Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for Wellness Wednesday podcast. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as our ASHP members share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency, both in their personal and professional journeys. My name is Christina Martin, and I will be one of your co-hosts today. I am currently ASHP staff and serve as our director of our new practitioners forum. Joining me is one of my ASHP staff colleagues, Anna Legger-Dopp, who is the Senior Director of Clinical Guidelines and Quality Improvement at ASHP. So let's jump right into today's topic, an update on well-being and resilience. In looking at the calendar, it's hard to believe that's been over three years now, feels just like yesterday, since ASHP joined as a formal sponsor of the National Academy of Medicine's Action Collaborative on Clinician Wellbeing and Resilience. So to kick off the conversation, Anna, what are some highlights to share with our listeners since we last joined this podcast together in November of 2019? Christina, it's so great to join you on the podcast. And a lot has happened since we last released a podcast, giving ASAP members an update on what we've done as an organization and as a membership body committed to addressing well-being and resilience. We were on one course. We talked about this. We've, we've been on one course the last few years, really focused on, on work within the National Action Collaborative, but then also what are we doing as, a, as an organization to address the topic? And then COVID hit. And things have changed significantly since then. So I think it's important. I'll briefly recap where we've been. You, you mentioned that we've been on this journey together for the last three years, but really ASHP has been committed to the topic of burnout for decades now. We've known that there's a risk of burnout with hospital health system pharmacists since as early as the 1980s. And then a few years ago, when we formally joined as a sponsor of the National Academy of Medicine Action Collaborative, we had more of a laser focus on the topic. And our goal was to raise awareness of burnout, to identify what the causes of burnout are. And then, and then we were just starting to turn the corner to advancing some solutions. We were waiting upon the highly anticipated report from the National Academy of Medicine consensus report that was released last October that was going to identify some real tangible solutions to addressing some system level change. And just as we were starting to get some momentum there is when COVID hit. So I think it's important to recognize that we've been on this journey for a number of years, but that now we shift and adjust as everyone is. We're pivoting to to recognize what are the things that have changed in the environment of well-being and resilience since COVID hit and where do we go now moving forward. So with that, let's talk about first how ASHP has been trying to meet member needs since COVID-19 hit. Great. Yeah. Um, So to start with this, you know, I would encourage our listeners, I hope many of them are familiar with our COVID-19 Resource Center, uh, a repository of education, uh, best practices, learning from each other, uh, tools to our partners, uh, in other industries and also within healthcare as a large resource center that centralizes a lot of information. We know that our members are busy and so sort of there's that one-stop shop. That being said, it can be overwhelming. There's a lot of information on that COVID resource center. So I would encourage our listeners, there's a specific section on the pharmacy workforce and we have carved out 
resources and checklists around safety and well-being. Uh, these were designed back in the spring when we were first in the early phases of the pandemic, and we really didn't know where we were headed. Uh, and then it got a little bit better. And I think at, there's still a lot unknown as we continue out the remainder of 2020. Uh, so maybe some resources that you and your team didn't need yet, uh, and we hope you don't need them, but should you need them, be aware that we have two checklists to familiarize yourself with. One is a checklist for pharmacists and pharmacy techs to help minimize exposure from COVID at home, uh, keeping our families safe. And then a similar checklist to protect ourselves in the outpatient care setting. We recognize so many, whether work directly in the outpatient care setting or are indirectly involved, whether it's with operations or clinical oversight, or even maybe you're caring for a family member who is um, engaging in outpatient care visits. So as we keep saying, you know, we recognize that all of you listening, you're in various stages still of preparing for, responding to, and recovering from this, and that cycle may continue, uh, and you may start and stop at different intervals. And so with this cycle and sort of those continued unknowns, we have carved out a resource page that breaks it up into those three cycles. And so, again, you as an individual or your team the, the day, the moment you're living in, we hope that there are specific resources that you can find to use for your own well-being or if you're leading a team or if you're working at that organizational level. Um, and then finally, you know, Anna, we've been hearing from our interprofessional colleagues that the workforce well-being challenges have shifted. We talked a lot in the last podcast episode and even a number of our sessions from our national meetings were around these like external factors and the environment and what conversations and research needed to be had, but we're hearing and we're learning that the, the pendulum is swinging, right? And so now there's this more immediate in-the-moment need for individual factors. Uh, so to recognize that and to support those of you listening, we do on that resource center have a well-being reminders during difficult times, and really it's uh, the, a reminder of those basic needs, staying hydrated, taking breaks, limiting your news consumption, and staying connected with your support systems. Again, whatever stage of that cycle you find yourself in. All right, so now that we talked a bit about what's new and what you can find from ASHP, Anna, can you, uh, what's new from the National Academy of Medicine on the Action Collaborative in 2020? I really like how you phrase that. It's when, when we think about the topic of well-being and resilience, we think about it in terms of what are the individual factors that lead to burnout and what are those external factors, those um, things that our members, pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, other members of the healthcare workforce are um, coming into every day at work and, and it's preventing and creating barriers to their well-being and resilience. And ASHP and our members have been really committed on both. What can we do to support the individual for self-care and care of others? But then what else can we do to drive really meaningful change at that system level so that those barriers at the, in those external environments are addressed. And that was the same, that same commitment, what has been the focus of the National Academy of Medicine Action Collaborative too, was, was how do we advance some real, those system-based solutions that the healthcare workforce is calling for? Like um, I'm spending too much time within the electronic health record or these regulatory burdens are really interfering with my ability to provide patient care. And so um, that was really the focus prior to COVID-19. We saw the release of the consensus study report, taking action against clinician burnout, a systems approach to professional well-being. 
that outlined six key areas um, that included suggestions and, and recommendations around creating positive work environments, creating positive learning environments, reducing administrative burdens, enabling technology solutions, providing support to clinicians and learners, and then investing in research. And the next steps for that prior to COVID-19 were to advance those recommendations. And ASHP was, was committed to doing that too. We to that end, we hosted an interprofessional panel at our mid-year clinical meeting that tried to talk about how we could advance the recommendations from the report, knowing that our members work in an interdisciplinary setting and knowing that within hospitals and health systems where there are these multiple disciplines, we will get further by advancing solutions that address across the board and not necessarily looking at this within the silos of our own profession. But then, like all of us, the National Academy of Medicine needed to shift their focus more to, as you said, responding to the, the support and research sources that are needed now within COVID-19. We're seeing more of an emphasis on caring for the individual, for recognizing that there's some traumatic events that are being experienced now um, due to the overall stress of being a, a first responder to COVID-19, perhaps being redeployed to a clinical carrier that you're not certain that you're, you're less familiar with, perhaps um, working in a completely new environment, such as working from home. And so um, we're seeing some of their resources shift as well. There are some, some anticipated new publications that are going to be coming out. I know one of the efforts um, coming out of the Organizational Best Practices Working Group uh, is very close to providing a resource that will outline some some of those best practices that we've learned about over the last couple of years to help with the organizational culture of well-being, um, and some of the, I wanted to highlight some of the things that there that that publication or resource will emphasize. Um, one of them is making organizational commitment to well-being and resilience, doing a workforce assessment within your own organizations, identifying those local barriers to well-being and resilience, uh, leadership creating policies that support and cultivate well-being and resilience, creating efficiencies within the work environment and overall support. And so, so that we are still seeing resources moving forward that still touch on that original theme pre-COVID-19, but then also um, definitely a lot more things moving forward in terms of resources focused on COVID-19 and the outbreak. And we also have resources within ASHP too. Um, we've We've provided some webinars that focus on this, on this um, more of the individual support that you can find. We also have this. It's uh, we have a platform. It's the um, in our e-learning webinar platform. The the topic is overall topics are caring for the pharmacy workforce during COVID nineteen. That's made available, and so um, certainly should be accessed after this if that's of interest. So leading into that, I think you could, you should expand more on that, Christina. Can you share more um, on ASHP overall and looking out and rounding out the rest of the 2020 calendar year? Excellent question. So um, continuing the webinar series you just mentioned on caring for the pharmacy workforce, you know, we had NAM uh, Action Collaborative on that to provide an update and go through a number of those resources. And so uh, the speaker went into a bit more detail. Uh, it's great to reference. Also on that event, we had Headspace. So uh, we've mentioned it on a number of our podcasts, but ASHP, where uh, one of the member benefits free to all of our members is access to the meditation app. And that was a really helpful conversation to differentiate between meditation and mindfulness, the evidence behind it. Uh, and I think what we're hearing 
from members, but even just from general society, this this increased need to find those quiet times because we're continually bombarded with noise. And so um, if for some of that, the science on centering and going inward, you know, check out that webinar. It's on our e-learning platform. Um, another really important and difficult conversation that we hosted in June was this introduction to a concept called critical incident stress management, and we call it SISM. Uh, personally, I was not familiar with the topic, um, perhaps because the type of stressful events this hadn't been exposed to them, right? And we're all living through a very stressful period. Uh, so we had experts from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and Western Psychiatric Hospital who have a whole team around critical incident stress response. Um, and we learned from them what it is. And I think some of those tactics and tools, again, as your organization is in different phases of response, uh, what are some pearls or some factors to consider? And then starting that conversation about uh, individual and team wellness during crises times. So learning from others is really valuable, especially as this is a continued conversation. I like to say we're still writing the story of COVID. We're living the chapter. And so uh, it's evolving. And there's really this hybrid need of individuals and teams and organizational support. And I look forward to reading that new paper, you know, from an organizational system uh, that has been a focus of this journey and the action collaborative. And now there's these new underlying factors emerging or bubbling to the top in 2020. And um, I, I appreciate that the NAM team and sponsors working on that paper will be adding that into this conversation. So taste of things to come as we're rounding out the year. We do have a series of webinars that will be offered live and then be recorded. And we encourage others, again, depend where you are in this journey or in this conversation with your team. Um, and then something to look forward to. It's nice to have those uh, activities to look forward to are some, again, learning from experts at our ASHP national meetings. Um, and there's a special session that we're looking forward to at the, the virtual mid-year meeting where we'll have NAM staff, again, really providing an update of where the Action Collaborative is and the, the story that we're continuing to write. So I think that will be a, a really just-in-time update conversation and learning from them in December. And then finally, you know, um, I think there'll be more resources that are going to be coming available. Again, back to we talked about the COVID Resource Center and the Pharmacy Workforce section. You know, continue to check that out as we're listening to what new needs are and putting together toolkit resources for members. All right, Anna. So, um, you know, to, to make sure we've kind of covered all these angles, I mentioned that we were introduced to this topic of critical incident stress management. Not that stress is new, but it has taken on a whole new level for individuals and for teams, our members, our colleagues being on the front lines and responding, and whether it's a guilt or stress or wanting to do more and can't do more, sort of we're all uh, reacting to the challenges a little bit differently. So I think maybe now is the appropriate time reminder as we're living through this stressful time, what can someone do, whether it's someone listening today or if you're in a supervisory position, you have someone on your team you're really concerned about, are there specific resources that they should be aware of to make sure that individuals are getting the appropriate care that they need? I think it, this is an important conversation to have and, and definitely something we want to address during this podcast. So 
if you think about the the way that the symptoms of burnout, one of the most tragic is if some if a clinician takes their own life. And we know that the risk of suicide is at least two times higher for physicians than the general population. And we know within pharmacy, it's about 1.7 times higher than the general population. And it's not because these professionals are not resilient. Um, in fact, in fact, there have been studies that show that those in the healthcare workforce have the highest resilience of anyone, but they're just being really tested. And you'll remember that we, we had a National Academy of Medicine meeting back in May, and the meeting was just after Dr. Lorna Breen, who was a physician in New York City, had tragically taken her own life. And as a backstory, she, she was the head of the emergency department at New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital in New York City. She worked committedly and tirelessly to take care of patients with COVID-19. And then she contracted COVID-19. And as soon as she recovered, she went back to work. And then she just hit a breaking point. And then tragically, it took her own life. And, and her, um, her sister and her brother-in-law attended that Zoom meeting that we had in May to share their story. And, and their call to action from all of this is to break the culture of silence on this topic. So, and so that's why we want to make sure that we talk about it on this podcast and just to make sure that everyone knows that there, there are resources available. There's a national suicide prevention hotline. That phone number um, is 1-800-985-5990. It's also listed on a number of uh, websites within the National Academy of Medicine, within our own websites where we have resources on this topic. I saw a headline just recently that um, one out of four young adults during COVID have, have contemplated or have had suicidal thoughts. And I think that that number is, is staggering, but also just reveals that you're not alone in having these challenging thoughts and that there, there definitely are resources. I, I've heard there's a, a nonprofit um, organization called it's a the semicolon project and I really like that mentality because you can think about your life as how you are feeling your life or experiencing your life in this moment it doesn't have to be a period it can be a semi semicolon like this is really hard semicolon however it will get better and there's resources to help you do that so um, ASHP is committed to this topic the National Academy of Medicine is committed to it and just want people to know that that you're not alone if you're feeling overwhelmed right now and that there are there are opportunities to engage and, and seek help. And now shifting from, from that, let's take a semicolon approach, Christina, and shift from that and look forward and talk about, you know, um, what, what is in the pipeline and, and what comes next. Uh, I know, can you have multi-semicolons in a, in a sentence? Because I think now is the second part of that semicolon, but there could be others, right? There's just a lot um, we we don't know, and we've really learned as a society to where we can pause. Um, there's only there's so much planning, but um, we recognize that a lot of this is environmental, external, um, and being adaptive and nimble. You said pivot a little earlier in the conversation. Uh, those those different responses to it. Uh, so in the pipeline, we highlighted kind of some uh, educational events to come. I think now's the time to uh, also encourage listeners. We have a 
or not we, but the National Academy of Medicine, the Action Collaborative, we have a public meeting coming up at the end of October. And I believe registrations will be launching soon in September. Uh, The focus of this virtual meeting, so it's open to the public, is around emerging lessons from the pandemic and systems-based approaches for the future. So capitalizing on what we've learned, uh, what has been both positive and negative, uh, what lessons we have to share, and then I, I believe beginning to incorporate the consensus study findings again. Uh, it was an exciting moment when the research team presented their publication. We were d- starting to begin the early work of where do we fold this in, do some of those gap analyses, and Anna, like you said, COVID happened. So bringing that back and then sifting through like what from that is are, those core themes themselves are still uh, relevant and relatable, but what what looks a little bit different in the in the time period we're living in. So we're approaching near the end of our conversation. Uh, at a to wrap up our time together, Anna, uh, what we're hearing uh, is that because this conversation, these challenges are so individual. There's not a one size fits all in what is working to get through the day-to-day and strategies to help navigate uh, these turbulent times. Would you be willing to share with our listeners what is something maybe new or different that you have incorporated into well-being since the pandemic started? You're right. Resiliency and bolstering your resilience is so dependent on the individual. For some, it's about meditating. For some, it's about going for a run. For some, it's about reading. And it is identifying what it is that can bolster your own resiliency. And the great thing about, about it is that the definition of resiliency is that it, it is a skill that can be developed. It's not what you're born with and that's what you're stuck with. You, you can, you can build competency around that. And so, um, and it's a continuous learning process and there's so many resources out there to, to identify, to see what will serve you best during these times. And I've been learning a little bit more about this concept of neuroplasticity and how your brain can keep forming new synapses. Um, we've used the the term before that the the things that um, fire together wire together, and and you can you can change that based on the mindset. Um, I've been trying to think about this even more so with my children who are ten and nine to have this growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, and and then really calling myself on that too is there's opportunities for for me to develop more of a growth mindset. So one of the tools that I've learned about for that is to use this. It's it's an acronym um, called Ruler. Um, it's back to school season, so we can think about about a, a ruler, right? Um, and remember that. But um, Ruler stands for recognize, understand, label, express, and regulate. So essentially, um, you walk through it. it you have an, a, a, you experience a feeling, and I think I think Christina, you tweeted about this recently about that it's normal to have feelings. You should acknowledge that you have feelings, and by suppressing your feelings, you actually make it worse. So this ruler, I think, helps to give a framework for how to do, how to work through those feelings, and so it allows you to recognize that you're feeling something, and then understand what it is that you're feeling in the moment, and then label it you know, label, like I'm mad (laughs) and, and sometimes, and then labeling it and then you can work through that. How do you want to respond to it? And I found that when I do this, oftentimes it's like in my car, something I'm stewing about or struggling with. And I find that actually when I get to the L or the labeling part, almost anything I feel I'm feeling has been released and diffused. And I feel like I can then use that growth mindset mentality to think like, what's, 
what's the best way to handle this? And sometimes, sometimes I even ask myself, because all of this is about trying to have some emotional intelligence in the moment. And sometimes I even ask myself, well, what would someone who is emotionally intelligent do right now? And even if it, and then kind of get into that fake until you make it approach. So I like the ruler concept. I think that it's helped me a lot with some of these feelings that I'm feeling pretty strongly right now. But um, but I recognize there's a lot of other approaches too. And I, I'd love to hear, Christina, what you're what you've been trying to employ during during the last number of months. I appreciate the acronym RULER. That's a really good back-to-school technique that any of us, whether we're students or we're parents um, or we're just colleagues and accountability partners that we can can take. Maybe um, the piece I was reflecting on, maybe it's a piece of RULER, and now I can practice RULER after this podcast. Um, you know, I think early on in the when the pandemic started, we were all hopeful, right? This can't go on forever. We're looking for positivity. And to some extent, excess positivity was becoming harmful. And I maybe I started to feel some of that. And so learning to sit with discomfort, um, actually something in I learned first in yoga many years ago, when you get into a posture and it's uncomfortable, well, explore it, right? Why is it uncomfortable? You're not hurting yourself, but what is the discomfort? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it uh, sort of mental? And maybe that's the piece I've been reflecting on, it's part of the ruler, right, is the understanding, labeling it. So there's discomfort rather than trying to work through it and get to a happier state. What is it? And some things can be changed and some things can't. And I think there's a lot of growth in the the sitting with discomfort, being okay with it, and giving yourself permission. Uh, we hear grace, a lot of people saying giving yourself and others grace, but I think giving ourselves permission, it's okay to be uncomfortable. That is where growth occurs, uh, whether we want it or not. Um, and that's something to continuously practice and we're not going to become experts on it, but a tool that's working now and um, maybe may work for some others. All right, Anna, thanks for sharing that. Um, It was nice to reflect on our own journeys and what we've uh, incorporated in this uh, this year. So we we are reaching the end of our time. Again, we thank you all for listening in on this well-being and resilience update. If there are pieces that uh, you would like to share with us or perhaps you would like covered on a future Wellness Wednesday podcast, please email us at wellbeing at ashp.org. And don't forget all about uh, some of our web resources as well as following us on all the ASHP official social media channels. So that's all we have time for today. I want to thank my colleague, Dr. Legardop, for joining us today to talk about the update on workforce well-being and resilience. Join us here on Wednesdays, where we'll be chatting with other members on their journeys, as well as a variety of topics. Be well. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.